0: Welcome, this is Mediation Station and this is your host, Greg Fenton. Each week we explore topics and ideas related to the experience of people with conflict and look to promote the profession of conflict resolvers. We are available to connect with at greggf at primus.ca and 647-227-4734. Visit us at our Facebook page to like us and Facebook group page to become a member. Also visit YouTube channels for both CHHA, 1610AM, and Greg Fenton. Listen to podcasts of each radio show by visiting either of SoundCloud.com or iTunes Podcasts under Mediation Station in the arts area. Please follow us at our Twitter account, at Fenton Mediation. Tonight our topic is called Women Empowerment Leadership with Grace Gunnam. Hello Grace, how are you?
1: I'm great, Greg. How are you?
0: I'm okay. I'm fine. It's all quiet here. It's, you know, I wish I had somebody to look at.
1: (laughs) After COVID, Greg, after COVID.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't want to wait till after COVID. I don't know if COVID will ever be after. It may be a part of a lot. Well, I mean, I I believe it will be something that we'll adapt to and we'll have to uh, deal with. It it won't be as... uh, Powerful as it is right now, hopefully that's the goal.
1: <laughs> I I hope it's over soon, Greg.
0: <laughs> yeah, ideally for sure. Yeah. You know, nature being what it is, and a powerful force, the most powerful thing, I believe. We have no control over it. I mean, not. Well, I mean, we have some influence for sure. We do affect it because of climate issues, and it'll do what it'll do. So. <laughs>
1: Unfortunately, it's
0: yeah. doing
1: that that to me right now with all my allergies. <laughs>
0: you got allergies too?
1: Oh my gosh, everything you can imagine. Um, um, I prefer it when everything is dead. <laughs>
0: well, not you, please.
1: <laughs> my allergies.
0: Yes. So are you like a, a ragweed person?
1: Uh, I am a ragweed person, hay fever person. Uh, I'm an everything person uh, even when it rains I have allergies for some reason The only thing I'm not allergic to is my cats and my dog or people um, That's debatable certain people maybe <laughs> certain people definitely <laughs>
0: yeah, so for me, too. I'm a real allergy person affected right now It's uh traditionally uh, ragweed issues for me mid to late August and uh, so yeah my voice is a bit uh, heavier than usual, a little more tired than usual.
1: Um, I'm sorry for that. I know how that feels. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you know, if you, if you hear uh, silence, I'll, I'll, re- I'll be reaching for my puffer.
1: Not a problem. I'm not going anywhere. I'm stuck on you. God help you. Uh,
0: I, I appreciate that being stuck on me. That's fine. <laughs> appreciate it. So how about you open up and give some perspective of your uh, professional background?
1: Great. Well, um, I've been in the corporate world uh, for the past well, almost 23 years. Uh, born and grew up in Dubai. Um, I worked uh, in lifestyle in in banking. I was a spin doctor for um, some major banks in in Dubai. Um, and I I really mean it when I say spin doctor because um, when I came to Canada, I was Super determined that it's payback time uh, for me to, um, you know, kind of um, repent <laughs> for everything I've done during during my my years with uh, with the banks. Um, I worked with the government here, with the municipal government, um, and then I worked for a union, and then I decided to move on and work for myself and um, help uh, empower women along the way uh, by. Um, supporting them to brand themselves the way they should be branded to ensure that they're empowered in the right manner. So in a nutshell, that's, that's who I am. And that's what I've been doing from a career perspective. I'm also a mother of three awesome kids, uh, out of which one is going to university on Tuesday. Um, and, uh, one graduating this year too. Um, and a lovely 10 year old young man who keeps me busy. So, um, that's who I am, Greg. <laughs>
0: All right, so the show's over. You know, we've run out of time. It just used Sorry. up all the air time. <laughs> Anyways, just to clarify with Spin Doctor, I, I appreciate what you mean I, for the benefit of the listener. You're public relations connected type of person?
1: Well, uh, it was a little bit more than public relations. Yeah. It was uh, more growth marketing, communications, mm-hmm. branding. Uh, so ensuring that everything is... Uh, packaged and um, presented in the right way. I was uh, heavy on the investor relations part too, uh, dealing with uh, you know the, the agencies of the world, the Moody's and what have you of this world, uh, and that was the spin doctor part, where you know everything needed to be um, presented in a positive manner, right, mm-hmm. regardless. Um, i I mainly handled uh, the 2008 um, what we called back then the credit crunch um, for for my bank and uh, we came out uh, quite uh, you know quite uh, powerful uh, but it was it took it took a huge uh, huge toll on my my psychology it was one of the main reasons why I moved uh, out of corporate banking in general
0: so under that kind of mandate you were uh required to to message the corporate message that was downloaded onto you. Absolutely. And and so with your transition to, you know, migrating to Canada and being the independent person you are now as a self practitioner, you can create your own identity as to your brand and message your own message. Uh,
1: Absolutely. And I think we all can, regardless whether we work in corporate or not, because, uh, 10, 12 years ago, uh, the situation was different. Corporations did not uh, did not even understand what movement marketing is or cause marketing is. Uh, as the world changed, um, whether in the Middle East or otherwise, uh, everyone has a cause now. Um, I always like to say that uh, religion is dying and causes are, um, you know, kind of rising up. Um, everyone believes in something one way or another. It does not need to be religion um, or it does not need to be a lifestyle, but it, it, it is something that they, you know, one or the other believe in and they fight for. So uh, even large corporations now are... Um, let's say more accustomed to cause marketing we see it with uh with all the big brands of this world they're trying to connect more with their communities they're trying to um kind of adhere to their communities values uh and to to uh, to adjust uh we see it now with the black lives matter movement where um uh, like even the MBA, for example, has, has stopped for like a couple of days just to make a point. I don't think that is something that we could have done uh, 10 years ago. So the world has been changing. And uh, I think we, we dictate what we want to see a lot more at consumers. Um, and, and for people like me, uh, I think that uh, is, um, I would say it makes me sleep better at night because um, I don't need to spin anymore. Right. I just need to ensure that whoever or whatever brand I'm I'm working with um, are authentic enough, are clear enough and connect with their communities in the right way and the right and the right manner. And I owe it to the people, to be honest, for making my life much easier and, you know, my profession um, a lot more. um, um, I would say there's there's a lot more self-respect to it, if I may say,
0: well, In terms of uh, your purpose and my purpose and what we do, I think they're similar. Obviously, they're not directly the same. That's why we're individuals. So in terms of how you've uh, become the person you are, what are the things or people that influenced you during your earlier years? What contributed to how you identify? Uh,
1: That's a really good question. I think it was my, my dad and my mom, uh, to a great deal, like growing up as an expat in Dubai, uh, also added a lot of, uh, a lot to my character. I'm, I'm multifaceted definitely. I'm, I'm, uh, I relate to many cultures and many religions and many backgrounds because it was super diverse over there. Um, I think the speed at which things uh, were happening uh, there also influenced uh, my speed and my pace. Um, But it it was my dad mostly that influenced me. Uh, My dad... uh, always told me stories about my great-grandmother, who was a very powerful uh, woman, um, uh, and my other grandmother, who spoke five languages, and that was, like, really rare in the Middle East. She She's a university graduate back then. Um, so I, I had a lot to live up to. Uh, a lot of independent women around me, including my own grandmother, including my own mother, Uh not just influencing me but i would say inspiring me i think that was a big part of of what my dad did the storytelling like my dad is a great storyteller he's an engineer but he's also a great storyteller um, and uh he he used to tell me all those stories about my great grandmother and um you know how she handled certain things and how she was actually an advocate for women um, and i was so inspired by all that, and I just, just, uh, you know, that's 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 who I am, really, because of uh, because of my father.
0: Right. Yeah. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about women empowerment, leadership. What does the uh, word power mean to you when I say the word power? What comes to mind?
1: I think for me, it's uh, all about being. In control of your choices, being able to make choices, uh, that, uh, that's what's power, what power is for me. Um, I think in, in so many ways, we misunderstand power. Um, we think it's about, you know, it's, it's just about being vocal or being strong. Um, I think there's a lot of power in vulnerability too, that's, uh, nowadays, where we're exploring a lot more. So for me, power is again about the freedom to make choices, uh, being in control of your own destiny, uh, the freedom to speak your mind, uh, the freedom to be you. Uh, one of, that's one of the main reasons why I, I love Canada. The, the, the fact that you have the power to be who you want to be, um, it, and what you want to be, I think is, is, extremely powerful um power is of course a double-edged sword um so power is can be something that is um that is negative uh, if misused and abused uh but in general my definition of power is definitely you know freedom of choice uh, control of your destiny um and the ability to make your own decisions no matter what those decisions are as long as they don't harm others
0: I think a lot of people traditionally, though, see power as an uh, an opportunity for control, marginalizing, minimizing another individual. So I I have power, and I'm going to use it, and I'm going to apply it, and it's going to be to my advantage. And it's not necessarily inclusive of another. And uh, it's about acquiring as much of, quote, the perceived resources for self-gain. And I have a co uh, a course that I teach at U of T on powerful negotiation skills, and it's really trying to get that mindset transition from the positional adversarial mindset to, mm-hmm. a, to a collaborative interest-based mindset where my interest, your interest, become our shared interest, and how can we work together to create
1: and, and I, I totally agree with you. We can, I mean, I can take this the, the way I, the, that's why I define power the way I defined it. Mm-hmm. Just because, um, you know, one of the first things that my dad taught me, uh, there's an Arabic proverb that says that the leader of a tribe is their servant. Um, and that works both ways, like in the sense that the leader should serve, uh, his people or her people. Um, and the fact that the role of the the, the servant uh, back then, and again, we're talking a tribal society here, uh, was very important uh, to the whole tribe. So don't belittle people. So that is one of the main things I learned from my dad. Uh, <laughs> and, and he always used to tell me, you know, this way you can dine with a king if you need to dine with a king, and you can dine with the janitor if you need to dine with the janitor. So it, to me, I think this is, or um, because I was influenced by, by that kind of perspective on what power is. Power is there not for us to take control, but for us to serve people. Um, and and uh, that's, how, that's how I see it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a reality of life. Uh, I do a lot of uh, work within the family mediation world or personal relationship world. And there are situations that, with, especially with intimate relationships, Where power is misused and abused, and it uses a tool to marginalize another person. And so as a third-party facilitator, trying to help another person work and navigate through those disempowered situations can be really challenging. So how, how do people benefit from having power?
1: uh i i think again you 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 talked about control right and control can either be a good thing or a bad thing uh i think if you are trying to impose control on people then uh that's that's a bad thing but when you find your own power and take control of your own life uh i think that's one of the most important things that uh, you know any human being should do i i always say i always tell the ladies um i i uh, train uh we all have superpowers, but we need to turn each and every you from a from a person with a superpower into a superhero, right? So it's that transition from discovering your power, knowing what you're good at, or knowing uh, what you're special at, or um, uh, knowing what makes you uh, feel uh, in control of your life, feel independent, um, uh, feel that you can, you know, you can access. Uh, that power that can make you a better person. Uh, it's its mainly what makes you a superhero, in my opinion. And, and I hear you. Uh, it's not easy for people to, um, you know, to explore their power and find it and define it and use it to move on and use it to thrive. Uh, a lot of people... Um, unfortunately are also put in situations where, where, as you said, they're disempowered. And sometimes it's very difficult during such situations to even think about power because all you can think about is the negativity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when you have, as you said, an in intimate situations, uh, uh, another person who constantly disempowers you, right? Constantly tries to take that away from you um and i think that's where in my opinion the power of community is very very important to move disempowered disempowerment into power into empowerment so um for me that's a huge thing the role of community people like you for example greg who are there to not just help people navigate but to also help them trust that they're there's backup. There are people around you who care. There are people around you who are trying to get you to find your power. So, you know, you can take a stance and and um, move on uh, with what is best for you uh, rather than what is best for your oppressor or the person who wants to disempower you all the time.
0: Yeah, my foundational experience, other than life, is centered through my community development time. And that's where I really connected with my passion, working with community, community Mm -hmm. mediation service in Jane Finch in North Toronto. And that's where really the concept of working within the community to help support them with their matters as they define. And the idea is that each person has strength, has assets within so mm-hmm. using a strength-based approach where the external person, someone like me, is not going to have ownership or take ownership or think they have ownership of another person. And so the true ideal for me, in which I really pr- uh, put out there, is about self-empowerment, where the individual has ownership of their own power. Because I don't have power, <coughs> sorry, for someone else. I don't want anyone's power. I believe in the whole concept, too, of self-determination, mm-hmm. where individuals may not recognize their own power. Exactly. And, and one of the roles that I play, and I believe you play, is that we try to help people connect with their own power within, their own strength, their own assets. And even if they may be aware, they may not say, well, I can't use it. I, I don't know how to use it. I'm not equipped in order to find that way to empower myself.
1: You know what? I, I agree with you 100%. Um, you, any kind of power that does not come from within is not sustainable, right? Uh, I'm gonna use, uh, Malala, uh, for example, uh, as, as, um, a, an empowered person. I mean, this is- That's this a is young
0: lady a, from Pakistan.
1: That, that's the young lady from Pakistan yeah. who was shot in the head almost died and look at her now she's an oxford graduate uh she's a lovely like young lady who's inspiring so many uh, i think her power to comes from from within from the fact that she was raised by a very strong father who wanted her to you know to be strong but she used that anyone else could have just you know curled up in a corner uh, especially that she lived in pakistan and she was like a public figure and, and you know anyone could get through to her and we know how unfortunately those things work um, uh, but she chose to uh, to pursue with that power uh, which made her invincible <laughs> uh, she, she is for me a, a very important figure for young ladies um, who uh, sometimes feel disempowered um, it's it's just it's just a matter of time before you find your own power take control of your life um, and and sustain it and move forward uh, not an easy thing to find sometimes it takes a major life event uh, like what happened to her but uh, i think um, it's, it's something that we really need to think about here in in what we call the first world um uh, the western world uh, is um it's so spoiled on so many levels uh we we think we're disempowered and we forget that we have a whole system supporting us while in other parts of the world there are people who don't even have those systems or those those rules or regulations or communities or societies and they they still stand up they still take a stance they still pursue their their power and their empowerment and they still uh, inspire others so um Again, I think the role of community is very important. But if you don't find it within yourself to to empower yourself and to pursue it, um, I, I think it's it's a journey that sometimes is um, is harder than it sounds.
0: And so, what's the connection in terms of we're looking through this uh, with this through a, a woman's perspective? Mm-hmm. So, what's the connection with regard to power and women? What's your perspective on that?
1: Um, my perspective is actually rather simple. Uh, I think women were always powerful, right? Uh, I think throughout history we were powerful. We influenced in our own way. Um, I think uh, we uh, demanded uh, power, like at least in the Western world, because I always, when I talk about power and empowerment and you know, and matriarchal societies, I don't want to forget about matriarchal societies, like the indigenous societies here in uh, in Canada, where the role of a woman, uh, you know, and, and many many tribes were actually matriarchal. Uh, the same applies to the Bedouin, uh, the Bedouin. Um, uh, tribes in the middle east um, uh, same applies to certain areas in asia uh, so women were always powerful if you ask me but we were great number twos uh, we were always in the background uh, we were always um i would say looked at as a resource and never got the credit. Uh, So to me, uh, we were always there, and we built it through and through. Like if you think about it, uh, every mother builds it in her daughter. Um, Yes, we do have unfortunate uh, examples, but in general, uh, and I'm I'm taking a very like uh, bird's eye view here, um, women empowered other women historically and they actually empowered their men empowered uh their kings empowered their emperors um uh, but again they were always unfortunately in the background uh with the exception you know uh, as i said um uh, of very few uh, matriarchal societies that um um you know that kind of looked at women differently right uh so uh, for me uh women are the source of power we are the givers of life and we are the givers of power and i really mean it here when i say it is um, the fact that we have the ability um, uh, to multitask to raise kids to work and and that was that's way before the industrial revolution i 'm talking about women who used to work in the fields right and still raise the kids and uh, still cook and still uh, help the husband in the house do stuff so even at a, like in a, the traditional societies, women were still extremely powerful um, The pain that we take the emotional uh in- intelligence that we have. Um, I think makes us extremely powerful. That's why, uh, you know, we were burnt at the stake for for hundreds of years because we were knowledgeable, powerful, um, curious, uh, vocal. Um, so, it, for me, it's it's we've always had the power. Uh, we were not always able to um, bring it out in public. So we we made great number twos and great influencers uh but then uh, we also changed societies very slowly but very surely um we eventually took our place in history uh through a lot of sacrifice and if we, we if we were not powerful we wouldn't have survived we would not be here today the way we are um uh, we would not be able to vote or or you know we won't be independent or we won't be any of that and we still have a long way to go, if you ask me. But uh, for me, um, it's a big part of us. That's who we are. We are simply powerful creatures, um, and and that's that's uh, something that sometimes come out, uh, and sometimes is hidden. Uh, but we are all powerful in our own way, um, uh, and sometimes in our own vulnerabilities too. Um, you know the ability of a mother to forgive for me this is power uh, the ability of a syrian refugee uh, to uh, to change her life uh, for me those are the real heroes right uh, uh, the refugees who move from one place to the other and still hold their family together mm-hmm. like that's power uh, the, the the fact that uh, a single mom uh works so hard to raise her kids and and give them the best life that that's power um and and no disrespect to single dads um I'm I'm all for equality but I I think uh that emotional injection that we put into the world uh, is also a lot of power um and I think uh, men have uh, a few things to, to learn from us. Uh, when when we cry and when we're sad and when we, you know, have have our ups and downs, it's all a part of our power, in my opinion. Um, so everything about women is, is powerful. Uh, and I'm, yeah. maybe I'm biased because I'm, I'm a woman, but that's how I feel.
0: Well, I, I don't take the traditional view of uh, male and female and the gender roles, etc. My influence was my mother, and I'm proud to identify that the qualities and characteristics that I connect with, that are traditionally seen as feminine, I see as my power. Vulnerability. And I've taken those kinds of perspectives, characteristics, and a integrated them within my professional practice because I see <clears throat> the uh, work that I do with people is to help them go to their spaces and places of fear their vulnerabilities mm-hmm. and for me that's where the roots and the greatest opportunity for growth and development are for people to navigate through so what uh, I'm not about going you know with conflict per se the traditional is of, to avoid it I'm about going into it, immerse yourself with it to then experience it, to then develop the mindset to navigate with it, to then develop the skill set to navigate through it, to then be empowered from it, to be at a much greater depth and level of empowerment for self, that then with you know emotional intelligence and self-awareness, which is about starting with self and building self, to then be informed about self, to then be able to open up to consider another. And that's to create the connection and build a rapport and relationship with another.
1: Yeah, 100%. I'll I'll tell you a small story about me. Um, I was uh, trained in the corporate world to behave like a guy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I, uh, unfortunately... uh, had a lot of casualties along the way, because I was always focused on, oh, I am great at taking decisions without emotions. I was like, I was always acing the psychometrics, right, because I am very, very uh, capable of taking objective decisions. I was a robot. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I was an absolute robot. And it was ridiculous. Like, I reached a stage where I was so stressed I could not sleep at night because I knew that I was not doing it right. Um, And then I decided, this is just wrong. I should not be or I should not behave like a man to be able to lead. Um, I invested uh, in coaching. I invested in um, in emotional, uh, you know, in EQ and emotional intelligence. Um, I learned a lot, and through that, I learned to harness my emotional intelligence to not just focus on the task, but also on the people. And that's when I actually started building amazing teams, um, teams that are still like in existence nowadays. Uh, where I was so able to go to my boss and say, you know what, you really don't need me anymore because you have a team. You're just you're wasting your money on me, and I'm not even having fun. So you might as well just, you know, let me go and, and allow those people to grow because they will grow and they will do it by themselves. They're ready. Um, this, for me, was the biggest learning curve to to unlearn uh, to be um, a tough um, B-I-T-C-H <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and to, um, to become more of a nurturing force. Um, an inspiring force. Um, m- most of my teams are still my friends. They they still call my mom and send her flowers. I mean, she lives in Dubai. They still send her flowers on my behalf uh, on Mother's Day. They don't need to. I'm not their boss anymore. So uh, I managed to change, and, and uh, that is one thing that I think we need to learn. That's one thing I totally focus on with women I work with. You don't have to behave like a man, or forget about like a man, in an emotionless way, right, uh, in what the corporate world calls objective way, to be able to be successful at the leadership race, right? You can still be yourself, you can still uh, be, you know, use that emotion, channel those emotions, channel your intuition to grow people to make the place healthier, to make the culture a better culture, and and to grow whatever it is that you're doing. Because when people are happy, they do better. Um, and, and that is backed up by numbers and data and figures. So it's not um, mumbo-jumbo. It's actually backed up by figures, places that appreciate people, nurture people, uh, are definitely much better places and you know they're more stable and they grow at better rates and they go through change in a much um, in a much smoother way than spaces uh, that are toxic um and i think as women uh, we play a huge role in that uh also to empower men to to reach like your mom empowered you to reach that side of of your personality because we all have it right to, to, to empower yourself to be able to nurture, um, and not just, you know, be a machine or a robot or, you know, what we call an objective assessor. Um, uh, but, you know, there is no real objectivity because we deal with humans, we deal with people, we deal with emotions. Um, and, and uh, that's, that's the base of it all. Uh, but we forget it in the game of numbers and data and, and figures and P&L. Uh, we forget about it, and I think we we people people you know who are empowered that way, uh, who are nurturing, should speak up a lot more uh, and help others uh, uh, to allow themselves to do that.
0: Well, to to restate or clarify, my mom did not empower me. I empowered myself. What mm-hmm. my mother did is create the conditions. For me to connect with myself, to be more introspective, reflective, to then identify and become aware and then informed and then take some action. And so that's the kind of approach that I would work with people. I don't have their power. I don't take their power. I don't want their power. I have the realization that they have their power and their best to find it. For themselves in their own way, because I believe in the concept of individuality, that each of us are are unique human beings, and that we have things within us that at times we need to reach out to someone external, a professional, to help navigate, to get connected with our internal matters, and so when I do mediation or even coaching, Mm -hmm. it's... Creating the conditions for the individual with whom I'm working with to connect with themselves, for themselves. And that's the self-empowerment with self-determination. And that, to me, is the most powerful power to then, you know, when people are going through intimate relationships and they transition and there's been a history of abuse or control and violence in some way, that... Many times people see their situation that they don't have any power, the other person. So you ask them, both people are present in the room and you ask a question, what do you want to do? So one, mm-hmm. one partner will say to the out loud, looking at the other, well, whatever they want. And for me, that's a cue, a, a red flag mm-hmm. that the individual is given their power or provided for, for their power, whatever it is, they don't identify with their own power. And there's a a road and a path that still needs to be created for that individual to connect so that in the room they can next time say, I want this, regardless of whether the other person doesn't want that too. So when individuals have this sense of self that they can express themselves from their own point of view and don't care that the other person will not agree with them, that's the true Empowerment for an individual and I, you know, I, I really resonate with much of what you say and I really, you know, the whole thing about vulnerability and working to that depth, that unknown quantum, because it is an unknown quantum in my world Mm -hmm. that when you navigate from your known quantum, which, okay, I'm going through conflict, I'm going through stress and then ideally I want to get to a better place. So the pathway from where you know which you struggle with to a place that you want to go, though within that pathway of where you're at to where you want to be is the unknown quantum. And that's the fear, for me, that most people use as the barrier to not go to their unknowns, to go to their ideal.
1: And I agree with you 100%. I'm glad you clarified it uh, because uh, you're right. Uh, we simply need to find our path to our own self empowerment. The problem is, for me, uh, people can be at different stages of empowerment. Some people can simply be inspired, right? Some people uh, need, uh, you know, to, to to have the right conditions created. Uh, some people uh, need to be coached. Some people need to be mentored. Um, what I'm saying is we need to be vocal about it, right, just to make sure that wherever uh, people are in their journey of empowerment, of self-empowerment, uh, that they they find the right voice that will help them continue. Because sometimes it's not an easy journey, as you know, I'm sure, with, with what you do, um, I'm sure you've you've seen difficult um, difficult cases where no matter how much you try to to give people that self- empowerment, they resist it. So again, we're we're just at different stages of that journey, and you know the more voices we have out there, the better in my opinion.
0: Yes, and I believe that uh, you know having conversations about topics such as empowerment and we're going to navigate to leadership. I, I think these are critical for people to be to be aware of, educated, informed, and then somehow take some kind of step with this new insight so that they can go to the place that they want to be. Last week the, the show was basically about uh, evolving transformation after trauma from mm-hmm. victim to survivor to thriver. So that's where the individual, as you... Going to well appreciate is really connecting within themselves to exercise self to be who they've always wanted to be or want to be in that moment and not live within the constructs of external impositions where people say, label, categorize you, and identify you. That's oh, you're a victim. Okay, you're supposed to be that way, so I believe I'm that way, so that's how I have to act and behave or I'm a survivor. So I have to be, you know, uh, society has these concepts and the constructs and they say that's the definition and then we sort ourselves in there. And that people when they can uh, you know, exercise theirself to say regardless of how you see me, I see myself this way and this is how I'm going to be.
1: That is so true and uh I'm going to share something with you that I have, like, I've not shared with a lot of people, but um, a a friend of mine um, took her own life a few months ago uh, Um. in in my own house, Um, and I was, like, she was... um, She was a refugee. Uh, She was tortured in the Middle East uh, because of her um, orientation, her uh, sexual orientation. Um, And uh, she always, when we used to have our conversations, she always used to uh, tell me uh, or she always felt she was a victim and that's PTSD, I fully understand, right? So she was stuck at that stage. Uh, When she took her own life. I was so angry with her, right? Because she was such an icon, such a symbol. Um, I was angry for weeks. Like, I was, like, unable to to find my peace with her. I was, like, angry with uh-huh. her. I had dreams about her, and I was, like, screaming at her. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I realized after talking to an extremely wise person, that I should respect the fact that she found her power by taking her own life, by making a choice, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that is, I guess, what made me feel a little bit better and move from, I would say, um, anger to sadness. Uh, because I felt that for her, that was the only empowering choice, you know? Um, and and I kind of forgave her there. I, I know it's like it's a strange sense of empowerment, but to respect someone's choice to move on, I think um, that's that you know to to have power enough to choose not to be here, uh, I think that is huge, but i I fully, fully hear you um, when it comes to moving from victimhood to survivor to a driver. Um, a lot of people do it in so many different ways, but um, I, I guess that's the natural process. Um, um, and it depends how responsive you are and depends what de- decisions you take. But um, I hear you 100%. Uh, power comes in so many different ways and forms, and uh, sometimes it's about making a choice that others don't agree with, right?
0: So. Well, and, uh, n- you know, first being aware that you have these choices or options and then saying, yes, I have the power to decide to which of these options I can actually apply and exercise and just to connect on your perspective of this experience you had with that person in your house. For me too, uh, there, there's a suicide that, uh, the person who was, uh, who identified as my father is not my natural father. Mm-hmm. And so for me i used to work for him and um, i found him hanging in the basement of the shoe store that i worked at
1: oh my gosh i so, found her hanging in my basement that's ridiculously yeah, scary
0: yeah and it just had a such a profound immediate impact on me emotionally and my mom mm-hmm. because we were together mm-hmm. and it just took you know we went we spent months and years looking for, quote, a note. The question is, why? Oh, my dear. So you you wonder, why did you do that? Why did you do that? So you're questioning yourself, what did I do to contribute to that situation? Mm -hmm. You take responsibility in some way.
1: Exactly.
0: And then it took like 10 years for me to process the experience to, quote, let go Mm -hmm. of having that ownership of their decision to do what they did to themselves and not feel guilt from that experience and the circumstance and the loss, because it is lifelong, it's eternal, and it was his decision to make, and that's his, he, he may have felt, without being obviously him, that was his only option, and mm-hmm. he exercised it. And for whatever reasons i'll never know we'll never know because we've never found a note. Sometimes people leave a note to help for the purposes of others who are left behind, and sometimes they don't so I agree. then the ownership rests with the individuals who remain living on how to navigate with the realities of what's happened that's had such a profound impact on their lives. so you know taking ownership and taking some kind of responsibility for oneself when these profound lived experiences happen for oneself. And then reframing that from the negativity of the, the experience, the perceived negativity and how it just puts you in this real low pit for so long. And then reframing that into positivity or hopefulness in some way. So taking those negative stuff and reframing them for opportunities and possibilities, so you know, these have had lasting impact for me, which I try to you know inform others that hey, there are possibilities from these negative situations that we experience
1: exactly 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 and and I guess that's that's the the best way to do it right that's the, that's the that's how you move on and and thrive and you know further empower yourself and allow others to to move on and and be empowered, respecting that choice 100%. Oh, my gosh, we do have a lot of shared experiences, you and I, Greg, don't we?
0: (laughs) Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I believe a lot of other people have stuff within their worlds, their backstory. It's packed inside within oneself. And we have a public persona relative to our private persona and lived realities. And, you know, when you make a connection, you build some trust, you have a rapport, and you open up and you share. And so how how do we connect this with leadership? What is empowerment with leadership for women?
1: Um, That is a really good question. Um, I think they are interrelated. You cannot be a leader without knowing who you really are, Um, and you can't know who you really are if you're not uh, empowered, if you're not self-empowered, right? Because as I said before at the beginning, uh, it's it's all about being, you know, taking making choices, uh, taking charge of your life, um, and deciding what's best. uh, for you and for your community, so um I think for me leadership can only uh, happen uh, when uh, when we are self empowered and, and for me leadership comes in it comes in so many different ways and 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 shapes and forms. Uh, as I said, I don't believe in the traditional, uh, you know, in the traditional definition of leadership. I believe that we are all leaders in our own way. I know, usually the the community around us or the, you know, the, the, the society around us doesn't want us to think this way. Uh, but I think we're all able to inspire others, one way or another. And if we can find those uh, areas of inspiration, then we're able able to lead. That's how I define leadership. Um, uh, for me, it's it's um, again it's about uh, this Syrian mother, for example, who who survived a civil war, who moved halfway across the world. Uh, brought her kids let's say here to Canada uh, a country where she does not speak the language she does not understand the culture uh, but still she did all that and managed to not just survive but thrive in so many different ways uh, it's it's about my uh, my great grandmother who used to uh, and many like her by the way uh, who used to uh, take care of battered women um and and um support them uh, to ensure that their partners or husbands um you know will not do this anymore, so they were the matriarchs in their societies uh to help other women uh in in uh, in so many ways that 's leadership uh, leadership to me is sometimes too uh being a great follower when you need to be a great follower right uh because uh sometimes we lead sometimes we follow and uh, to me it's not about who's um at the at the uh, forefront uh, to me it's about who is the real influencer who is leading the way who is nurturing um who is guiding uh, and and that's where i see leadership and empowerment and women in general uh, that that motherhood uh, that we you know Many of us, whether you know intentionally, or intentionally or unintentionally, tackle a lot of things through uh, is leadership. Um, so for me, uh, it's it's beyond just being um, you know uh, a figure, right? It's it's a lot about inspiring. It's a lot about um, making sure that you get others to want to do good to do what uh, you know what um uh, what empowers them again to find that to explore it right so that for me uh, is leadership that's how i see it it's about being of service um and and uh, being good um uh, no matter whether you are uh, at the forefront or at the very back uh, you simply do what you need to do to ensure that you you have the best contribution to yourself and to your community um, and it, it, that's
0: how I see it. Okay, we we don't have too much time left, so I, I totally concur. I'm not into the traditional notions of any of these concepts and ideas, and I'm all about challenging these traditional notions because I'm all about social change, creating opportunities for positive social change that recognizes about the diversity, the different natures of people and how they identify, and so that it's more inclusive and the systemic issues that are can be and should be need to be transformed so all the diverse nature of society can be and feel and actually be an active part of. So what does this conversation mean to you?
1: This conversation, I, I hope, means that um, others somehow listen, find it somewhere somehow and 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 simply as I said get inspired and 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 find their own leadership in their own community, whatever that community is, even if it's at home, right um, and and just use it for good. that's that's all I want from the, from this from the tribe I'm trying to build. I just want them to, mentor and coach um, and, and help others, uh, as you said, as, exactly as you do, Greg, navigate through that journey and find their own definition uh, of, of leadership and do good. That's how I see it.
0: Yeah, and I see the reward that when people are conne- best connected to self through their information, their education, their decision-making, and that they exercise self, it's not to the detriment of another. It's actually to the complement and benefit of another because then you're more healthier, you're more productive, you're more at peace because you're walking your walk and talking your walk rather than living in the world of someone else and having these regrets and concerns. So if if people want more information, how can they do so?
1: Um, more information about...
0: Just empowerment um, in general.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to talk to anyone. Um, and, um, you know, there are lots of resources out there that I'm happy to share with uh, whoever wants me to share. Again, uh, happy to help, happy to support, uh, happy to collaborate, and happy to be of service.
0: All right. I want to thank you very much for uh, having this uh, very transparent conversation together. Genuine and humane, and uh, very appreciative.
1: Thank you, Greg, for having me. You are an awesome person, um, and thank you for being uh, an amazing inspiration in this world.
0: I appreciate your perspective. Thank you. So I've got to... We'll we'll connect again soon.
1: Definitely. Have a good one.
0: Have a good night. Bye-bye.
1: Take care. Bye-bye.
0: So you've been listening to Mediation Station on CHHA, 1610 AM. And uh, appreciate uh, our conversation today with Grace. Tune in for next week. Bye-bye.